Who can take some cocoa beans and turn them into gold? Create a chocolate legacy that will never go old. Domingo Ghirardelli, the man with the chocolatier's touch, making treats so delectable we love so very much. Domingo Ghirardelli, the chocolate mastermind, from sweet and creamy milk to dark and rich divine, every bite is heaven sent, a taste we can't ignore. Domingo Ghirardelli will always want some more. He started in his small shop with passion in his heart, creating chocolates one by one. They were a work of art. In this episode of Ricky's Historical Tidbits, I will tell you all about the famous chocolatier, Domingo Ghirardelli. And at the end, I'll finish this poem for you. This is Ricky's Historical Tidbits Podcast, and this is Ricky Mortensen. We start this story back in Italy, in a city known as Genoa. This is where Domenico Ghirardelli was brought up. His dad was a middle-class spice merchant who wanted his son to have a trade of some sort, like he did. So young Domenico began his apprenticeship at a fancy-schmancy chocolate company called Romanego. Uh, that is where Domenico learned all the ins and outs of running a confectionery business and how to make those chocolates and candies. And as often is the case, politics enters in at this point. Now, I'm not an expert on Italian history, but essentially, after the Roman Empire fell, Italy was ruled by a king number two. And that was all well and good, but this is Europe, so there's always going to be some kind of war going on, right? So eventually, after a few hundred years, Italy was kind of divided into two. Before Napoleon, the north was controlled by the Holy Roman Empire of the German nation, and the south was run by the Kingdom of Naples, the Kingdom of Sicily, and the Papal States. Then Napoleon ruled Italy until his fall in 1815. After this, the majority of Italy was ruled by the Austrian Empire. Our buddy here, Domenico Ghirardelli, was born two years after Napoleon's fall. So he grew up in a time of rioting throughout Italy by Italians that wanted their country back. Italian nationalists were very popular, but kind of seen as enemies of the state, and they would be sentenced to death. Domenico was politically aligned with them, especially Giuseppe Garibaldi, who was kind of the head of the Italian unification movement. The goal was to make Italy a federal republic. Well, Garibaldi failed at his first attempt at the revolution, and he was forced to flee the country or be put to death. Not long after Garibaldi fled, Domenico fled as well. So was Domenico also sentenced to death? I couldn't find the answer. However, I did find that Genoa, where Domenico lived, was kind of like Portland, Oregon. Nice place with lots of jobs and stuff, but they're kind of known for their riots. So maybe he fled to get out of that kind of environment. We just don't know. So where did he go? The United States? No. Back in this time period, the Americas were divided religiously, so immigrants would go where they would feel more comfortable. Catholics largely went to South American countries, while Protestants largely went to North American countries. So in 1838, Domenico, 20 years old, 
with his new wife, moved to Montevideo, Uruguay because he was an Italian Catholic. There, he got a job at a coffee and chocolate store, but he didn't stay very long. Uruguay had its own border problems, so they moved on to Lima, Peru the very next year. Here is where he opened up his first store, and it happened to be right next to a popular American businessman, James Lick, who Dominico became good friends with. At this point, Dominico changed his name to be more Spanish, so he went as Domingo. Domingo's wife died, and he went on to marry a Spanish widow and went on to have eight more kids with her. In 1848, James Lick, the neighbor, he went back to San Francisco and took with him 600 pounds of Domingo's chocolate. Soon, a letter came back telling Domingo to come to California for two reasons. Number one, gold had just been discovered and there was definitely going to be a huge economic boom coming. And number two, everyone loved his chocolate, so business would do very well. Had Lick not sent that letter, Domingo likely would have just stayed in Peru. So on he went, leaving his family to stay back for a little while while he figured out whether the United States was as good as Lick said it was. And instead of getting right into selling chocolate, he had gold fever himself, so he went to the Sonora Jamestown areas, which were known for their Italian population, and mined for gold, but to no avail. So he started selling supplies and confections like he was used to doing, and that helped him out a lot. He relocated down to Stockton, where he ran a store out of a tent until he got up enough money to set up a real store in Hornitos. The store in Hornitos was doing so well that within a few months, he opened up a second location in San Francisco. But then, in 1851, within three days of each other, both stores caught fire and burned to the ground. He bounced back pretty quick, though, opening up the Cairo Coffee House within a few months, but that business failed, too. So once again, he focused on chocolate, starting the Ghirardelli and Gerard Company, which did really well. So finally, he brought his family and extended family to San Francisco. He moved his store around a little bit, and at one time, the whole family lived in an apartment above the shop, but soon... He was one of the richest men in town and made a little Italy of his own, which was about a city block in size, had marble statues, fountains. He was living the rich life. By the way, though he was far from Italy, he still believed in the unification cause over in Italy and helped fund the red shirts, which is not the same as the American red shirts, by the way. The Italian red shirts were a guerrilla volunteer revolutionary group under Giuseppe Garibaldi, who, after 14 years of exile, returned to fight for the cause and lead Italy to victory, establishing the Kingdom of Italy, making Rome its capital. The main reason that Ghirardelli rose to popularity so fast was Brahma. Basically, one worker accidentally discovered a new way of making chocolate when he hung some bags of cocoa beans in a fairly warm room. The cocoa butter melted right off the beans, and the beans then would be nice and dry to make powder, and the butter would then be used to make chocolate bars richer. That powder was his cash cow. But, as with anything, Domingo had yet another boom 
to bust moment. The 1870 recession caused him to completely go bankrupt. His son-in-law, who was his business partner at this point, disappeared along with a bunch of money. Domingo had to sell his fancy house, sell all stocks, his stores, pretty much everything he owned. And he was 56 years old at this time, by the way. But as we've seen through his life so far, he did it again. He and his son started up once again, working harder than ever before, and soon they were selling Ghirardelli chocolate all over the world. Domingo then retired in 1892 and went to his homeland on a vacation where he got the flu and then died in 1894. The Ghirardelli company continued to be a family business and did very well. Eventually, they put up the famous sign in 1923. But then, as always happens, they were bought out by Rice Aroni in 1963. Then by Quaker Oats, who sold it to a private investor, who sold it to its current owner, which is the Swiss company, Lint. Before we end, here is a last-minute story I wanted to keep for the end. The Ghirardelli family were Catholic, and in 1878, Domingo's granddaughter got sick and was on her way out. So he called on the priest to come and give her the last rites, which is basically like a final prayer. But the priest didn't come because the family hadn't given enough money to the church, and she died. From then on, though, still Catholics... The family never stepped foot in a Catholic church ever again because of that. And Domingo built a new mausoleum at the non-Catholic cemetery down the street from the Catholic cemetery. And in the middle of the night with his sons, they came with a horse and wagon and moved their dead to the other cemetery. <laughs> so that's the story of Domingo Ghirardelli. And here is the rest of the poem. From San Francisco to the world, his name is known so well. A symbol of quality and taste we can always tell. Domingo Ghirardelli, the man behind the brand. His chocolate creation's the best we've ever had. Domingo Ghirardelli, the chocolate mastermind. From sweet and creamy milk to dark and rich divine. So if you're feeling down, just reach for a Ghirardelli treat. It's like a ray of sunshine, a burst of joy so sweet. Domingo Ghirardelli, your legacy will never end. Thanks for all the chocolate. Our hearts you did befriend. <laughs>